Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. This is uh, the Must Read Alaska show coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. My co-host, John Quick in the Kenai. I'm Suzanne Downing. Monday morning is really a great, beautiful morning out there in Anchorage. How's it? How's everything in Kenai? Things are going well in Kenai. It's snow is melting, and uh, uh, we're going to be excited to where when this is finally all melted and folks can go back to uh, hiking and exploring and fishing and doing all those fun things that they do on the Kenai. Don't they do snow machining at this time of year? Yes, and we we're praying that the second or third winter does not come. We're hoping yeah. that uh, this is yeah. the last of the winters. I don't know. I don't know why this winter <laughs> seems so long. I mean, it just seems like it's been a super long winter on just about every every way possible. Well, we've got a, a really big newsletter this morning, John, and I just want to remind everybody to check it out. Uh, if you get it in your inbox, great. You know that it's there already. Uh, usually there by eight a.m. Sometimes as early as six. Uh, if you don't have it in your inbox, you can sometimes find it on our Facebook feed. I, I post it there when I remember to do that. And uh, this this newsletter is just huge this morning because I spent uh, last week up in Fairbanks and ha- hanging out with about 350, 351 uh, Republicans delegates at the convention. It's a Republican state convention. They haven't had one for four years, John. And so wow. that was that was actually really great. So we're going to talk about some of that today. And I just really want to give a shout out to our show host, uh, Charlie Pierce for governor. Um, he sponsored our he sponsors our podcast. I super appreciate Charlie Pierce for governor for um, being the first sponsor of the Mustard Alaska podcast. And um, so that we can do great things and reach a lot of people here. So thank you, Charlie Pierce for governor. Um, I just noticed, John, that the Alaska Airlines has canceled its nonstop flight from Anchorage to Honolulu. So I will not be going to Honolulu anytime soon. We are definitely somewhere in Alaska for the time being. I was actually thinking about popping out for a few days and um, and taking a, a few days off. But forget it. I don't know. Alaska Airlines is, uh, <laughs> is struggling, man. Come on. I think they, they used to have a one way to Vegas. I don't know if they still do anymore. <laughs> You know, it's really a bummer <laughs> Bummer when you can't uh, fly from Anchorage to Honolulu nonstop. You have to go through Seattle. That adds so many hours because usually it's just like you could hop on the plane five hours later. You're in Honolulu. But the be- beautiful weather out there today. And um, in Juneau, it's uh, I know it's foggy, patchy fog. It's going to rain first day for cruise ships in Juneau. There will be one ship in from I think it was um Norwegian Cruise Lines has a big ship in today. I don't know how many people are on it, but they're coming into a really rainy, dank Juno day. And of course, up on the hill at the Capitol, um, before the cruise ship gets there, there'll be a bunch of climate change activists with their uh, their signs made out of oil uh, and their raincoats made out of oil and yeah, their gotta love that. shoes made out of oil. And they're going to be on the steps of the Capitol protesting the cruise ships because the cruise ships are bad for Alaska. They say they you know they don't want them and. These are these are all government workers who hate the private sector. And so, you know, welcome to Alaska. Here's our 
Here's our version of Antifa on the on steps of the Capitol. Hopefully they'll behave. Um, so how did the yeah. uh, how did the convention go? Tell us a little, you know, behind the scenes inside scoop on it. Well, it's really uh, a great convention. You know, they they didn't have one two years ago. They had one on on Zoom, and it was like really boring. I mean, you you plug it into Zoom, and then all of a sudden they go in executive session. If you're not a delegate, I'm not a delegate. I'm I'm just a a guest. So. You know, I don't get to see what's going on in, in executive session. You just have a, a blank Zoom feed. And so that was kind of boring two years ago. They really struggled with the Zoom feed because nobody really knew what Zoom was two years ago. Really, it was so new to people. Very few people used it. Now we just oh, we're doing our show on Zoom. We just we use it all the time. But um, it was not a way to sort of knit together the community of conservatives in Alaska. It's just tough. So this was the first one in four years. And boy, people were sure happy to get together. They were sure happy to see each other. And I noticed that there were a few people that were missing, the, you know, people that maybe uh, would have been there, but have, have passed in the, in the past few years. And I do, do remember some of them that uh, kind of looked around the room and sort of missed people like Myrna Maynard, who died in 2019. And she, she would have been there in, in 2020 had there been a convention and certainly this year. But, um, but all in all, it was really neat because we saw a lot of new faces, about 40 to 60% of the attendees of that convention were young people who had never attended a Republican convention before. And, you know, the Republican convention is where all the sort of, I mean, any political convention, not just the Republicans, but it's where all the kind of crazy stuff happens. It's where all the ideas get laid out for the platform. Are we going to support this? Are we going to support that? Are we going to oppose this or that? And the um, people make their proposals, they get debated. Sometimes it gets very contentious, but then they vote on it. And then that is that. Um, so they worked on some of their platform and, and it passed a few things like a, there's always a resolution to um, disband the U.S. Department of Education. And of course, that passed pretty much unanimously this time as well. Uh, there was a resolution to oppose a group that is called FACL, which is the foundation for something, something, legislative something. And it's a really scorched earth conservative group that some people in the Valley have been taking their training. And basically what they do is they just blow up conservatives because if you don't pass their litmus test for who, who is conservative enough, they will just burn you down. They're really a burn you down group. And they, they passed a resolution to oppose that uh, tactic because you know they, they've got to be some sideboards on how you treat your fellow conservatives. You've got to give some grace to people and allow people to have their points of view. Um, Fackel just doesn't approve of that. They say, if, they, if you don't meet the litmus test, then you should be burned down and they will go after you in the worst way possible. That was an interesting resolution brought forward by, by Representative Kevin McCabe and it passed. Um, yeah, and uh, as you may have seen, because uh, we had a really interesting candidate forum and it had all the candidates up there and so for Congress. Not yeah, what, the was the mood, no. what was the mood you know, between uh, Nick Begich and Sarah Palin was that a, a interesting dynamic to see on the stage? Kind of dynamic, kind of interesting dynamic. And I posted a little clip of it. Now, now let's back up. They weren't all there. The party had invited the people that it thought had the best chance of of moving forward to the on the ballot, and they did that 
just using their own experience and judgment. Um, there were some people that might have you might have wanted to include, but weren't included on that panel, like Stephen Wright, who has run against Don Young's a couple of times. And in the last um, time he ran, I mean, he got 10,000 votes. So he, he got the, the protest vote, I guess you could say, against Don Young in the primary. But uh, they were he wasn't invited, but there were five of the 16 Republicans who were running for Congress were invited to be part of this panel. And so it was uh, Nick Begich, um, Tara Sweeney, John Coghill, Sarah Palin, and Josh Rivak. And uh, it, it started out with just introduce yourself and tell people a little bit about yourself. And uh, you know, Nick Begich started out by saying, that he just wanted everybody to know in the audience that they were not, um, a, they were not a bunch of good old boys network because Sarah Palin had gone on social media the day before him because she didn't get an endorsement from the party. She went on social media and just said the Republican Party is just a big good old boy network and that she was there to fight for the people, the hardworking people, the God-fearing people, the good people of Alaska. And it's like, it was so insulting to all of these grassroots people who showed up. I mean, the so people who were there for the first time, for her to call them a good old boys network, I mean, 40 to 60% of the people who were there were there for the first time. Yeah. And, you know, it was kind of rude, quite honestly. She seemed to kind of backtrack her comments um, because she probably realized that they were um, rude and just not true. <laughs> I think they just didn't land very well. People said, gee, do you really want to go there? Because there was another opportunity to be endorsed. And that was that. I mean, there is another opportunity to be endorsed. The, the party has a, a method for getting endorsed, which is you, you have to sit down. First, you make an appointment with the party chairman, chairwoman. You sit down with her and they go, you go over the party platform and she asks you, you know, do you basically agree with our platform? Because are you really a Republican? Do you basically agree with this platform? And I mean, that's kind of important. And then you make an, uh, a request to the state central committee and that's all sort of elected people. That's like the legislature for the party. They're elected at their district level. So they, are, they have a voting membership in the party. And you make an appointment to um, you know, a request of them that you can be endorsed. And then they meet and they debate it and then they vote. And so this is, it's sort of like the parties run like the legislature in that, in that regard. It's representative government. And, you know, Nick had done that. Nick had, Nick Begich had made the appointment with Ann Brown. He had sat down for an interview and then he put in his formal application for the next SCC meeting, which was last Thursday. And he was endorsed. So it was like Nick got an A on his paper and then all the other four that were invited to the convention, they wanted to copy his homework. They wanted <laughs> to, you know, they, they, it was, they, they, pulled the, they pulled the equity card, which is, it's not fair. We need, you know, you can see over the fence because you're tall. We need a stool so we can see over the fence. It's that equity thing. And so they um, definitely uh, made a request that they should all be endorsed as well. And, you know, it, it was debated and then ultimately it was actually just voted down by well over 50%, just because if you want to be endorsed, you still have an opportunity. Our next meeting is in July. You can be endorsed in July, but go through the process. Don't just don't skip over it and then think that you can just be by acclamation be endorsed. That's not how it works. 
So they, they decided that they weren't going to endorse anybody else but Nick for Congress at that time. Wow. That's, that's uh, you know, a lot of people want to circumvent the process, jump to the front of the line because possibly they're a celebrity or whatever they feel entitled. And uh, turns out you have to go through the process just like everybody else. And uh, I yeah, think, I, I think maybe yeah, I, I think maybe Sarah Palin thought that she could just walk in and then she could get the endorsement and that she was going to be a rock star at the uh, convention because she's a rock star everywhere she goes down south. Um, I don't know that she read the room all that well when she um, when she showed up. She definitely did not have the kind of adulation that we've seen for her in the past. People. Some people went up to her and wanted to get selfies because she's kind of a rock star in that regard. But there just wasn't that big of a buzz around her. She showed up late on, uh, let's see, she showed up late on Friday. She was supposed to show up at four. She showed up for dinner, for the dinner. And um, then she left. And then she showed up on Saturday for the, for the forum and then left. And so, you know, during the forum, I just noticed that Sarah Palin had a, a lot more conciliatory attitude toward the audience. Instead of calling them a good old boy network to their face, she was much more gentle. She said she appreciated everybody helping her as a, her campaign for city council, her campaign for mayor of Wasilla, her campaign for, um, I guess, oil and gas conservation commission of Alaska um, for governor and for vice president. She, she was very gracious and thanked people for helping her. And so she, she had completely changed her tune when she was in front of them. She wasn't calling them a good old boy. Yeah, her campaign manager probably said, listen, you're sounding like a, a egotistical celebrity here. You got to tone this down. <laughs> yeah, you actually have to, the people of Alaska actually have to like you if you want to get elected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's a little bit of a whiny baby when she when she was on social media, just blasting the party for having not just endorsed her by acclamation. And that was just, it was just absolutely ridiculous. But, um, and then Tara Sweeney, she was up there and unfortunately she, she during her remarks, she lectured the audience and said she thought it was really unfair that they had endorsed Nick Begich before they even got to hear from her and the others. And, she, and you know, you don't get an invitation to somebody's house and then you go in and start criticizing their flatware and their, and their stemware. I mean, she basically, criticized the party and people were just looking at each other saying, you know, I've never seen her here at a meeting before. Uh, I've never seen her at at any kind of a Republican meeting before. And so she walks in and criticizes the party for what she says is unfair. It's like, okay, well, thanks for playing. Yeah. Those will be her fundraising talking points to the middle voter. That's right. Is that I am not, I'm not really, I'm not really an insider of the Republican party. I'm an outsider. Well, She's uh, definitely an insider in politics. She's very much uh, uh, embraced by the Lisa Murkowski uh, campaign um, people. That, and then that's her insider group is Lisa Murkowski. So there, there was that. And then they had a question. It was really funny. Um, the, it was Craig Campbell, who was the MC, and he did a great job. Uh, Craig Campbell is our former lieutenant governor, and he just is such a great MC. He asked everybody, so in ranked choice voting, you've got these five people over the stage. Presume you're going to vote for yourself for, for in the first place. Who would you pick as your second place? And so it's like trick question, right? Because they're, you're, all your competitors are on the stage. And um, pretty much all of them picked John Coghill um, because 
you know, he's such a nice guy. He's like the least amount of drama of anything. No drama. <laughs> such a good guy, such a prayerful man. And also because he, he poses to no threat to any of them because he's, you know, his campaign is really not quite getting off the ground. I was in Juno at a fundraiser last week before he we went to Fairbanks. And I understand that nobody went. It was just a fundraiser and actually nobody attended. So he's not really getting his campaign off the ground, even though he's, he's, quite well-liked. He's a, a, a st- former state senator that was bounced out of office by a truck driver who said that, you know, he, he didn't have the right stance on the, on the PFD. So he got bounced out of office because he was made too closely aligned with Kathy Giesel, the former Senate president. But anyway, everybody loved John Coghill. And goes to John Coghill, who would you vote for your second place person? And he looked to his right and looked to his left. He's like, yeah, I can't decide. I just can't decide. So he couldn't pick anybody up on stage. Because he doesn't want to be mean. Yeah, I didn't want to be mean, didn't want to hurt his feelings. It's like, okay, so that was a classic John That's Cockhill classic. statement. And um, so, yeah, I think, so Nick took a shot at Sarah Palin uh, for having called everybody the good old boy network. And he said, you're not the good old boy network. You are the salt of the earth, Alaskan conservative backbone of the party out there door knocking. You've been at it for years. And I really appreciate you, that kind of thing. And then um, Tara Sweeney was basically... Oh, she lectured them. Uh, John Coghill, he, I, I don't remember anything that he said that was tr- truly memorable. What I remember about Sarah Palin was, is a lot about me, me, me. It was that everybody said that she just, she said, thank you for helping me with my campaign for city council and helping me with my campaign for mayor. And you helped me with my campaign for governor. And for, you know, it was, just, it was a little bit too me, me, me. And then I think Josh Revac took a pot shot at, um, at Nick Begich for creating jobs overseas. And people were not impressed with that. They're just like, yeah, well, said by a guy who's never done anything but work for the government. Okay, great, good. You know, it was just, it didn't land that well. And I think he lost friends there. He, he lost some momentum. And I think maybe Tara Sweeney lost a little momentum as well. It's just the, the question that they were asked is uh, that, really kind of hurt Tara most was with transgenders in women's sports, should men be allowed to compete in women's sports? And she just basically said, you know, we should be very careful. This is a trick question. These people are struggling with very deep issues and they need to be treated with kindness and consideration. And we just have to be really careful because there's a very high rate of suicide amongst transgenders and people struggling with these these gender identity issues. And she never answered the question. Actually, people in the audience booed at her for that. And then when they got to uh, the next person to answer, it was Nick Begich. And he just said, okay, let's just be clear. Men are men and women are women. And men should not be competing in women's sports. And of course, the crowd went wild and they just clapped and everything. So um, that was another moment during the debate, well, the forum that was really drew some strong sort of images of who people really are. Um, it wasn't really a trick question. It's a, it's a very important question, I think, to a lot of Republicans right now. Yeah, we recently did a, you know, our, our uh, poll on our Facebook maybe last week. And we asked the question, should kindergarten teachers be talking to their kindergartners, kindergartners about sexuality? And hundreds of people responded. 100% of everybody said absolutely not. Right. Right, right. 
so so that is kind of the conservative vibe out there on that question. Uh, another really th- interesting thing happened at the convention that very few people understand outside of the party, but they will be talking about it very, very soon. And this story was posted last night by me at uh, Must Read Alaska at about 1130 at night. Let me tell you, I stayed late on this story to try to figure it out. So what they did is they changed the rules of the Republican Party and uh, to, to redefine what it means to be a member of the Republican Party. So at this point, John, I'm a registered Republican, but I am not a member of the Alaska Republican Party, and neither is the chairwoman of the party, Ann Brown. She is, a, she is not a member of the Alaska Republican Party. They've changed the definition of what it means to be a member. So I'm a participant as a, as a registered party member. I'm, a, I'm considered a participant. Ann Brown, who is a, uh, the chair of the party, is a participant. All of the voters who are registered Republicans are participants. All of the uh, people who are district chairs and regional representatives for the party, remember I said this is a, is a legislative style system where people vote for their representatives to the party. They're all participants. To be a member, you have to actually apply for membership with something that is a new membership committee. Now, this is they're doing this because people like Bill Walker, China Bill, he could right now go down and under ballot measure two, he could register as a Republican and be on the ballot as a Republican. And the Republican Party and its voters have no ability to control their own primary anymore because ballot measure two took, took away their primary. So Bill Walker could show up on the November ballot as a Republican and it and without ever having to go through a Republican primary. And this has been something that's been vexing the Republicans ever since ballot measure two passed. So now you, the, a, a candidate, like if Bill Walker wanted to register as a Republican, he'd have to go to the, the membership committee and, and apply to be a member of the party. And then a member is a candidate that has had the approval of that committee. Now, why this matters is because um, they're going to take this to the attorney general and say, we have changed the the definition of membership for the Republican Party. So people who have not been through this process, the state of Alaska is not allowed to put them down as a member, as an R. Only we can put, can say they're an R. If they're a candidate, they have to be a member in order to get the R on the ballot. It's a really, really big deal. Hard to explain, but if they're trying to keep the fakers out. For instance, you've got Chris Constant right now. He's a Democrat. He's running for Congress. He has no chance, right? Well, pretty much no, he has no chance. But he's got pretty good name recognition. What if you, what if you just decide to put an R by his name instead of a D? You might you know, get a few more votes. Maybe he could get in the final four, right? Yep. Um, or, or Zach Fields. Zach Fields is a, one of the hardest, most radical Antifa-style uh, Democrats that they have in the Democratic Party in, in Alaska. He's kind of their version of, uh, you, know, uh, you know, David Eastman, hardcore, and, uh, and take no prisoners kind of a person. Well, Zach Fields could put an R by his name and run statewide and, and just say, hey, I'm a Republican now. So they've created a vetting system, and this is going to be a big challenge, John, for the um, for the the state because ballot measure two says that Republicans cannot 
have their own primary and the Republicans have responded by saying, fine, then we're going to redefine what it means to be a member. Because the law says the, that when you are a member of a party, that initial like R or D will go by your name. Did I explain it clearly enough? I think so. I think that uh, the Republican Party has figured out a way to outsmart Kendall Scott for the first time in the history of America. Oh, Scott Kendall. <laughs> yeah, um, too. yeah, him too. Well, well, it, you know, the thing is, is that this obviously could be contested in court, but the loss, the ballot measure two says membership and the, the party has said, okay, fine, we're going to redefine what membership means. Everybody's a participant, but members have to go through the membership committee. Now that committee is going to be made up of the national committee woman and the national committee man. Those people are voted again through that representative democracy kind of thing where you vote into people into um, offices in the, in the party. And that will be, they'll head it up and there'll be 17 members of that committee. Uh, seven, them, uh, seven of them will be the regional representatives, which are kind of the state executive committee. And then the eight will be appointed by the, um, the state central committee to that. So they'll have pretty broad representation on that. It's not going to be some big litmus test where you have to, you know, prove that you are for a certain certain kind of PFD, but they, they're going to go over the party platform with you and see if you are authentic. And so it's a, it's a pretty big deal and we'll be hearing more about it for sure. But you, you read it first at Must Read Alaska. I think I've laid it out pretty carefully. They've also changed some of the rules for how they censure people. But um, and when that censure expires and what the percentage of votes need to be. But let me tell you, this rule of changing the definition of party membership, it passed um, unanimously and the entire state central committee was there. I mean, everybody was there. So it is very, very strongly supported in the party. There's no equivocation about this. It's supported. Well, that's good news. Yeah, yeah, it, it was um, it was a really interesting, but it, there were lots of amendments and there was lots of sort of iterations for it. And some people kind of got lost in the weeds. And I finally had to sort it out last night exactly what happened because I wasn't 100% sure when I left Fairbanks yesterday um, on Saturday night. I wasn't 100% sure what exactly precipitated there, but that's what happened. It was really interesting. Well, any other uh, tidbit takeaways? Uh, we got a couple more minutes here. Um, of the convention or um, uh, any nuggets of wisdom that you walked away with? Well, um, other than there was, there's a lot of stories up online about the convention. For instance, um, Ann Brown was elected as the chair of the party. And then um, Mike Robbins, who we know ran for mayor last year and, and didn't make it, but he now works for Dave Bronson. He runs the downtown partnership. He was voted in as vice chair. Craig Campbell stepped back from being the vice chair. Um, I believe that he's uh, running the airport now and he's just super, super busy. And uh, they, so they elected their officers. Uh, Trevor Shaw is assistant, assist, Trevor Shaw out of Ketchikan is assistant secretary. And the secretary is Charlene Totfest from Kenai. You know her, right? She's mm -hmm. down there in the Republican women. So Kenai. So, uh, so they got their officers in place and it was a, it was a really good convention. I think the Republican women of Fairbanks need to be really congratulated on doing a, a fantastic job. Obviously the, the venue was a little bit too small for the number of people who wanted to attend. It was oversold. And, Oh, we had Ronna McDaniel, of course, on our podcast on Thursday, right? 
Yeah, big deal. Yeah, and you and I enjoyed that. She was uh, so if you if you want to go back and listen to that, folks, it was really it was a really fun interview with Ronna McDaniel, who's the chairwoman of the Republican National Committee, and she was bouncing along through the frost heaps because for some reason she decided to um, stop in Anchorage and then drive to Fairbanks, and that's a long drive. It's a good six hour drive at this time of year. But um, she was bouncing along through the frost heaps, so we had to kind of put her on black so she wouldn't um, be bouncing along on the camera, but she did a great job and we were so excited to have her. That's a, that's a pretty big deal. She spoke, um, represented Brian Mast from Florida, who I really didn't know anything about him before he arrived there. And man, he was amazing. I mean, he was, he's a solid American. I was very impressed with him and uh, yeah, I don't know if people had a good time, John. That's awesome. Sounds like it was uh, all in all good, good experience. It was so well. I know we've we've got to go, and we really want to thank Charlie Pierce. I'll let you I'll let you thank Charlie Pierce for for sponsoring this because he's he's a he's a good patriot and a good friend of the show. Yeah, thanks so much, Charlie Pierce, for sponsoring the show. We appreciate it. Your sponsorship helps us get conservative news all over Alaska. Um, I have uh, a show coming up on Wednesday, which is very exciting. Donna Arduin will be on my show. The one oh. and only. She is uh, probably the most famous uh, accountant in the political world in the United States. She's helped numerous governors, including Arnold Schwarzenegger and ours truly, Governor Mike Dunleavy. Um, she does consulting for some of the biggest political names in the US and she's gonna be on our show on Wednesday morning. Oh, that's fantastic. You guys are gonna have a great show. I'll, I'll be tuning in. So if you're a supporter of Mastery Alaska, thank you so much, everybody. It really makes it possible for us to stand up for what's right in Alaska and keep the mainstream media on their toes. And we, you know, they do need to be kept on their toes. Uh, your help is what helps us give conservatives a voice in Alaska. So if you like the news that we provide at mustreadalaska.com, you know, hit the donate button on the right side of the page and, and help us out. There are lots of costs to keeping this thing running. And, and well, John, I really appreciate you helping me keep the lights on here by selling whatever ads you can also sell. Um, you know, those also help people. If you want to buy an ad, we really appreciate it. And John has a podcast on Wednesday. I'll be tuning in. Uh, uh, James Basin has the podcast on Friday. Can't wait to hear what he's got in mind. So until next week, I'm signing off from somewhere in Alaska. Bye, everybody.